Daniel life, Perek, Chav Gimel, chapter 23, Torah and Mitzvahs. Okay, and we begin with a, a story. This story happened about 50 or 60 years ago. The young man, a Chabad boy who was going on Mishtzayim, he was helping his fellow Jews do mitzvahs on a Friday afternoon as is customary in Chabad Yeshivas. In Sydney on Bundai Junction, Bundai, Bundai Junction in that area. And there was a fellow, very um, professional, either he was an accountant or he was a lawyer or he was uh, in that realm. Ah, where you go? It's in the middle. Yeah, perfect. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, appreciate it. There was um, along his route that he used to go every Friday. There was a very professional person, whether he was an accountant, a lawyer, um, he, or an academic. Very kind individual, but always refused to put on school. And this boy, like his duty called, tried to convince him. Tillin's a great thing. It's a very big mitzvah. Come and do tillin. And there was one time that he told him, look, the reason why I don't put on tillin is because in life, I don't do things which I don't understand. That's the way I operate. I'm a mind guy. I don't just do things on impulse. I don't do things if I don't understand them. If you could explain to me why I should put on tefillin, why I need this, then I'll put on tefillin. The boy took it very seriously and he said, you know what? Give me a couple of weeks and I'll research for you the exact reasons why we put on tefillin. I'll get maybe some articles in English that you can read. Let me put it together and I'll send you what I find. He was very appreciative. He said, okay, fine. Let's see what you come up with. If I could understand it, I'll do it. If I don't understand it, then I'm not going to do it. This boy went and he uh, started doing his research. And he came the next week. And he said, you know what? I'm actually making some headway. I'm finding some stuff. Maybe by next week, I already have for you some stuff to read. Thank you very much. I appreciate all the time and effort you're putting into this. Okay. The boy says, but... I have, a, I have a question. What does it bother you if you would put on tefillin this week? I'll, I, I promise I'm going to bring the stuff. But what do you have to lose to put on tefillin now? Right? Who are you going to hurt? Do it for me. The guy was very appreciative that, that this boy took him very seriously the previous week. They can all keep flying. I'll put on tefillin. I'm, I'm just doing it now just for you. You should know that I'm not taking it upon myself. I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking it seriously and clear understand. You should just know. No problem. Well, that's villain. Already the next week, the boy comes with his papers. The guy says, I, I don't, I don't need it anymore. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. He did the mitzvah. There was a connection over there. He didn't have to now intellectually grasp. This 
is what we is what we call the soul of Torah mitzvahs. The soul of Torah mitzvahs, as we explained many times, that everything in Torah has the body and the soul. Every single piece of Torah. What's incredible about our chapter here is that we are going to find out the soul of Torah itself. If everything in Torah has a body and soul, what about Torah? What does Torah have to say about Torah? How does Torah define Torah? So there's the body and the soul. The body of Torah is, Torah is Milashen Haira, means that it's an instruction manual, literally to give us guidance in every single aspect of our life. Hashem created this mechanism he created this machine, and then he gives the people who are meant to activate the machine, he meant to play with the machine, he gives them an instructor's manual. That's the body. That's how Torah views Torah, the body. And the truth is that it takes it all the way to the end. Every single piece of Torah has to be an instruction. If Torah is an instruction, every single piece of Torah has to be an instruction. Every last piece, even the pieces that don't seem to be instruction, maybe they're just stories, or they're just... Or they're just um, uh, um, uh, theories. No, every single thing has to be an instruction. What's the soul of Torah? So the soul of Torah, we're going to find out from the soul of Torah. Obviously, the soul interpretation of what Torah is, you'll find in the soul of Torah, which is essentially the Zayar, the, the seminal book of Kabbalah. Before we get into what the soul of Torah is, first, why are we discussing it at this point? Let's give a little bit of a background. In these chapters, in this group of chapters, starting from chapter 20, now we're up to 23. So 20, 21, 22, 23. We're on the fourth of the series. We are building a mental exercise. We are building a an argument for the mind where a person could attain the arousal to arouse his... Abba Mesoteris, the hidden dormant love. The way you do it is through the brain, because the brain controls the rest of the faculties, especially the hearts, the emotions. So we're giving you a mental exercise. We start the mental exercise with a with a with a uh, with a foundation, the bedrock, and that is called Achtas Hashem. Achtas Hashem is a certain way of thinking, a certain way of inculcating how we view the world, how we view creation, how we view creator, and. What we've learned is that really in this concept of Achtaz Hashem, where Hashem is not only, there's, not, there's no other God besides Hashem, there's no other existence besides, besides Hashem. There are two perspectives. There are two sides of the same coin, two perspectives that Hashem, a two perspective dynamic that Hashem placed in the world, placed in creation. And we are supposed to inculcate both perspectives. There's a perspective from above to below, perspective from below to above. There's a perspective from Hashem's view, quote-unquote, perspective from our view, quote-unquote. Not that Hashem's view is for Hashem and our view is for us. Both views are for us, but there's one for coming from on top and one coming from below. One coming from on top is taking as an assumption that there's no existence in the world. The one coming from below takes as an axiom the world does exist. So from above, Hashem for sure exists. How do you, what do you do with the world now? From below, the world for sure exists. How do you square it with Hashem? So there's these two different perspectives. And what we have described is 
is that Hashem created, and they're both coming from him, Hashem created these two dynamics, that from him, from his perspective, there is no other Metzius, there's no other existence whatsoever. The way to understand the world, the best parable we had was the, the spoken word, when it's still in the person. It's literally a piece of it. But Hashem created the other, Hashem created the world, and together with that creation came a certain perspective, a certain dynamic, that people from below should view the creation and creator in the following manner, that Hashem has two powers, the power of revealment and the power of concealment. Both powers are positive power. I mean, the revealment is not the lack of the concealment, the concealment is not the lack of revealment. It's not the way it works. Both of them are creations from Hashem. Both of them come from Hashem. Hashem decides that he's going to manifest in two ways, in revealment or concealment. Now, again, from Hashem's perspective, there's no such thing in revealment or concealment. It's just him. So it's all revealment. But from this perspective, from the perspective that Hashem created from below, there's revealment and concealment. And the more revealment there is, the less concealment there is. The more, the more concealment there is, the less revealment there is. Okay? Both of them are from the same source. Both of them are Hashem. It's just Hashem's playing out in two different ways. And that's the way to understand the dynamic of creation. Creation is but the concealment of his revelation. The more concealed, the more creation it has. The less concealed, the more sensitive, more sensitive it is to Hashem. In general, we, we, can, we can split that up between spirituality and physicality. I mean, spirituality is more revealment there. Physicality is more concealment there. But they're both, uh, they're both equal to in Hashem's eyes, from Hashem's perspective, but from our perspective, obviously, there's a big difference. Spirituality is more susceptible to godliness. It's more sensitive to godliness, and physicality is not. Okay, so if we view the world in this dynamic, what happens is a very, very binary view, very black and white. It gets just very black and white. Now, I throw you back to actually chapter 6. We discussed the view of the world in chapter 6 already, the structure of creation. If you recall, in chapter 7, we spoke about the potential that most things in creation have potential for you to elevate. But before we discussed about, about the potential, we first spoke about the fabric, the fabric of creation, how Hashem structured the creation. Hashem structured the creation in a very binary way, extremely binary way, extremely. There's either Kedusha or there's no Kedusha. There's no such thing as there's Kedusha, there's holiness, then there's the bad, and then in between, there's in between. No. It's Kedusha. If you're not Kedusha, you're a Klippa. You're automatic. There's only, there's only two ways to go about it. This is the structure of the universe, which is the structural manifestation of the idea that we're discussing, that if you understand that Hashem is really, everything is Hashem, just in the concealment of revealment, it's also a very binary relationship. It's all on a single barometer. The relationship with Hashem, any single day, every single moment of your day, you're either connecting or not connecting. That's the idea. You're either connecting or not connecting. You're either going to the revealment or going to the consultant. It's a single barometer. The structure of, of the, 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 the way the world is structured, it's either condition or not condition. It's that very binary view. Because we have that view, because we have that view, we are able to then take a step further in our mental exercise. We're able to take another logical step. Okay. If so, if it's either connecting or not connecting, this gives us a whole new understanding to mitzvahs and averis. 
a whole new understanding to mitzvahs and mirrors. And it's a window into the soul of what a mitzvah is and what a Avera is. Again, the body of a mitzvah is, Hashem may give you a commandment, so you do the commandment. The Avera is, Hashem said not to do this, so you don't do that. It's listening to Hashem, Hashem, you know, the, the instructions that Hashem gave. The soul of mitzvah and Avera have a different flavor. It's a, it has a different understanding. And the window to, into that is what we're discussing now, that's a very binary view. It's either connecting or not connecting. That's the way it is. It's either connecting or not connecting. Now, we'll discuss Avera and things that are not in Avera, but, but they're not connecting. We'll discuss all that next chapter, chapter 24. Now we're going to discuss mitzvah. We're going to discuss connecting, mitzvah. What is the Zayar, the soul book of Torah, what does the Zayar say about Torah and mitzvahs? So there are actually two statements in the Zohar, two foundational statements in the Zohar. One statement in the Zohar goes like this. Araisa v'kutshaburichu kulachat. Araisa means the Torah. It's an Aramaic Torah. The Aramaic word for Torah is Araisa. That's why you have the term. This is midaraisa. This is from the Torah. Kutshaburichu means HaKadosh Baruch Means Hashem blessed be He. So the Torah and Hashem blessed be He. Kulachad is all one. It's all one. That's radical because it's not like Hashem is giving an instruction. No, it's Kulachad. It's all one. Okay, one that the Torah of Hashem. Yeah. Now the truth is that this is this terminology comes up in the Rambam. Kulachad. Hey, actually, yeah, there's actually two two statements. What? Uh-huh. It's saying the same thing, but in Tali you'll see this statement, Kulachad. Sometimes you, you see the Khadhu. I noticed that. There's there's a there's two different I think this that this this statement the rest of because you Kulachad comes up with there many times. Not just one mucker. Yeah, but correct. There is a statement like that, Khazbu. Uh how would you say that different? Uh and they all hate that. Well, I don't know. I have, to, I have to think about that. Definitely, definitely in general, they're the same, the same. Both, yeah. It's coming after a list. You're saying this and this, they're all, uh, yeah, they're one. Um, then you have another statement. Another statement. The statement is, Ramach Pikudan Inun, Ramach Ivarin the Malka. It's an Aramaic sentence as well. Ramach is a number, it means 248. 248 Pikudin, 248 instruction, 248 commandments. The 248 positive commandments. So if you, out of the 630 mitzvahs, 248 of them are positive, you should do something. So those 248 Inun, they are. Ramach, the 248, the limbs, the Malka of the king. Who's the king? Talking about Hashem, right? So the mitzvahs are like the limbs, they are the limbs of Hashem. They're the limbs of Hashem. Meaning, again, same idea, that in the body interpretation, now you, how do we approach a mitzvah? What's a mitzvah? Hashem gave a commandment. Right? The Torah is, the, is, the Torah is how to do it, the mitzvah is, 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 is doing it, but it's the commandment of Hashem. It's two entities, Hashem and His commandment. But in the soul interpretation, it's, it's the same. It, it is Hashem. 
The mitzvahs are pieces of a shell, like the limbs of a body of a person. There's obviously a difference between them. We'll get to the difference between them. But the sole interpretation of Torah mitzvahs already, already is telling you that as the Rambam actually says this, and the Rambam is a halachabla, so is, uh, he's a body section of the Torah, but there's a, a lot of hints or hints to the soul of the Torah and the Rambam. The Rambam actually says, when he talks about understanding Hashem, he says, Hu amada, hu Hulu. Hashem, He is the Yedua, the Yedea, and the Mada. He is, not only is He the entity who's understanding, and not only is He the power to understand, but He is the knowledge also. So, this is already something that's uh, that's very out there in terms of how we grasp, because usually the way we grasp attainment of knowledge is the way we attain knowledge. How do you see when we attain knowledge? Right? You have the knowledge. The knowledge is either by a teacher or it's in a book or it's in the, on the computer. Then there's the knowledge. Then there's you. And then there's your brain, which are also two separate things. Right? There's your capacity to think. Then there's you, how you inculcate the knowledge. And, uh, and then there's the knowledge. Right? At most, you could say that you and your brain are one entity, but even that's two. But you're not the knowledge. I mean, the knowledge is something you're attaining. If you have to attain it, obviously, this is this is that's that's uh, that's pasha. But by Hashem, the 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 knower and the knowledge all one. That's how the Raman puts it. Other words of saying that the Torah and Hashem is all one. Now the author was going to give us a. a, a it was. He shaped something Oh. Yeah, but the teaching is not the teacher because the teacher. Well, what, what's the what's the biggest uh, proof the teacher is not the teacher? I could take you could teach me something, and I could take that and 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 go even further places with it. You know, I could even I could I could go even deeper with it. It's not you. It's not you. It's you have it by Hashem. It's Mamashem. Like, how do we understand this? It's very hard to understand, obviously, because our our brains are limited. But the author was going to give a little bit of an, a muscle. Again, parable are not exact. We'll give a little parable of how we can understand this. That it's mamish, it's Hashem. Okay. So, the way the author is going to explain this is as follows. Obviously, the best example we can give to understanding Hashem is ourselves. Like, this is a fundamental rule when it comes to chassidus. Based off of the pasuk, based off of the verse, Rib sorry, from my flesh, I can perceive God. So Hasidus understands that. Sorry, from my flesh, I could perceive. Eloka, I could perceive godliness. That's from one of the Nevi'im. Vishaya. So Hasidus understands that verse to say, not only that if I look in my, in my body, if I look in the mechanics of how my body works, then I can see a godly uh, creation, I can see godly energy. There may be a few interpretations to this verse, but it learns that something like this. I could understand how God works by understanding how I work. And the reason is because we're created in the image of Hashem. Okay. The difference between the limbs of a person and the will of a person. Two components of a person. The limbs and the will. If I would ask you, where is your will? 
where's your will? There's no particular place you can say is my will. It takes over your whole being, right? Not in your heart, not in your brain. When you have a will to do something, you're, you're at the edge of your seat. It, it takes over your whole body. Contrast that to your limbs or to the powers endowed to the limbs. So, for example, the power to, 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 to hold, to grasp, to manipulate is in the hand. And it's only in the hand. Now, some people maybe have like the special with their feet. They can, they can, they can screw a screwdriver maybe. But usually that's out. The feet is walking. So, but it's very particular. It's very particular. It's the, the power to do something is placed in that limb. It's made for that limb. And it's, and it's not going to fit in any other limb. So every limb in the body has its purpose and has its abilities. But the will of a person, it doesn't, doesn't fit into any particular limb. It's not like uh, it's not like we have like this like this this uh, this box popping out of our chest. Like here's the will, you know. Whenever I have a will to do something, that's pulsating. That's not the way it works. You're all being, all being. It's will is is is, is will will is much stronger than an emotion. Huh? More fundamental than an emotion. More fundamental than an emotion. Rotten. He said. There's, 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 there's different types of, there's a reason why this, uh, one, what, there's kefets, there's rutsum, there's different ways of, the kefets is desire. No, no, no. It's more, it's more foundational, more foundational. Hasidus says, yeah, Hasidus says there's two more foundational attributes that are more foundational than any other emotion. There's pleasure and there's will. Both of those. When you have a pleasure in something, you have a geschmack in something, or if you have a will for something, that is going to dictate your emotion. And it's also going to dictate your thoughts, by the way. It's going to dictate your thoughts. Yeah? Heino, 100%. Heino can write some. No. Psychological change. Yeah, but you see, you have to understand that the title over here, the pleasure we're describing, is not like you, you know, eat a strawberry. You know, you feel pleasure. Blah. Pleasure over here is your entire, um, your entire. It's it's your it's 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 the, it's the essence of your being, really. That's the that, That's where you want to be. Um, that's why that's why kafets is kafets, and to this, which is more accurately the translated desire. Is the higher form, which is bridged to, to uh, kind of, because Tefets is, is a little bit of and a little bit of rutsa. It's in like from the twilight zone over there. I'm just saying that these two now, which one's higher, which one's more foundational? It's it is actually a tremendous debate in what it's a machlekes of this, which is very rare. Usually in nigla, in the in in, in Talmud, you have machlekes, and this is just telling you the facts. You have a debate in this. Um, usually the way it's, um, the way it's, uh, the way we approach it is that Heinrich is even more foundational, even more etza. But the point is, is that it's, it doesn't have particular, doesn't have a particular mani manifestation. Love, hate does in the heart. That's what Exodus teaches. It's in the heart, the brain, the heart. Will is the, your whole being, your whole being. There's no, no, no particular. 
Hmm? Yeah. The drive. Exactly. Exactly. You know, a drive may be a better translation than will. <laughs> you know, I'm saying the word is rotzlein. Drive may be even better translation. It's yeah, determination is uh yeah. So that is the difference that you'll have between the limbs of Hashem and Chadhu, that it's Mamashem, the will of Hashem. That is the parable, that is the metaphor to understanding the difference between Torah and Mitzvahs when it comes to connection with Hashem. Okay? So the Tanya is like this. The Tanya says that when a person does a mitzvah, there's three levels of how you as a person, your physicality down here, can enclose, can actually capture Hashem. Okay? Either it's your, it's your actual hand who's giving it tzedakah, or it's your kaya hamaisa, or it's your, it's not your hand, but it's your action, your power of action. Or it's the actual action that you're doing. Whichever way you look at it, you are actually becoming like a levos, like a, uh, a, 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 a vessel. A vessel for Hashem. And just like every single person has 248 limbs, and just like there's 248 mitzvahs corresponding to these 248 limbs, so too Hashem has, quote-unquote, 248 points of access. Points of access, when you do a mitzvah, you are accessing Hashem. You are becoming like a vessel for that access. 248 different ways. But you have to understand that this is the sole interpretation of doing a mitzvah. It's not that Hashem is a king, give me a commandment, and you're doing the commandment. It's like you're hugging Hashem himself. That's the way to view it. It's a mitzvah is a piece of Hashem himself. It's a connection point. It's not a commandment. Connection point. This goes hand in hand to what this. This goes hand in hand to how this reads the word of mitzvah. So either mitzvah means sab, means a commandment, or mitzvah means, in Aramaic, you have tzavsav achibur, which means tzavsav means to, to join together, to, uh, to, 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 to connect. A mitzvah is a connection. A commandment. I mean, it's also a commandment. This is a full interpretation of the body. Okay? So either... That's with your misa, with your action, or your power of action, or one of your limbs. It happens that it should start from you. And you can say every one hand, that's just saying what. Right. Just power of the words. Right. So, so I'll tell you. So, so, so there's also the rest of the, the 613 mitzvahs. There's 365 negative commandments, the don't do's, which are actually in the person. You have 365 sinews. You have 248 limbs, 365 sinews. Actually, also corresponds to the days of the solar year, 365. 
These are access points which you access by refraining. You access these access points by refraining from doing them. Which, if I may go off topic for a second, it is very clear from this that the connection you have from Hashem, the connection you have with Hashem through the negative commandments is even higher than the connection you have with the positive commandments. It's a sort of a background connection that's always there, even without any positive doing. The best explanation I can give for this is what I once heard. Yeah, what's harder? What's harder to do for someone? What's harder? What's harder? In in uh, and what's harder to do for someone that you love? Yeah, what's harder to do something that they want, or to stop doing something that they don't like? It's much easier when you're when, to do something for your wife that you know she likes, and to stop doing something that you know she doesn't like. Okay, why? Because that is a, that that is a much deeper connection. That is a much deeper connection. In the in the in the ways of the the way of Kabbalah, the terminology of Kabbalah is that when you do a positive mitzvah, your mam are you're you draw down like a light because you're actually bringing down uh, uh, the energy of Hashem into this world. When you do, when you refrain from doing a negative commandment, so you're not, it's not mom's regard, you're accessing something that's higher than Hashem's are. You're accessing, you're accessing something much closer to Hashem's essence. Anyway, but the point is, is that there's 248, as it says in the 248 points of access in the positive uh, commandment. When it comes to Torah, it's of a whole nother level. When it comes to Torah, which, how would you engage in Torah? That could either be your mahshava, your thoughts. Interestingly, your speech is actually split into two. Because when you speak, you're speaking words of Torah, right? So the content of your words is your kayacham adibur, your, your, your power of speech is in clothing the ratzen of Hashem, the, the, is, is accessing the deeper part of Hashem, but your lips moving is also a mitzvah. It's also an action. Your actual lips moving is accessing the, the evarim the malka, the limbs of Hashem. But either way, the point is that when you engage in Torah, you are literally not accessing an access point like a limb. You are grasping essence. You're grasping essence. It's not that this is Hashem's, uh, you know, this is the, 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 the esoteric, godly wisdom that Hashem puts into this world that we can, can learn, right? Okay. That's one level. But when you actually understand, and this is a throwback to chapter 5 that described how this works, when you actually take a piece of Torah and you actually use your human brain and use that and put that information into your human brain and your human brain eats it eats it you, it's, it's, it's compared to food just like food gets digested you know information gets digested by the brain it's not just you know it doesn't just grab onto it but your brain transforms a bit right your brain gains from it it digests that information you are literally encapsulating not just an access point but Hashem's essence Using that metaphor, the difference between just an access point to Hashem's essence 
is limbs of a person versus the will of a person. Torah is Hashem's will. As the Tani says, that when, I, when, I share, when there's Allah, that this is possible. This is kosher. This is allowed. This is not allowed. This is chayel, right? This is actually the will of Hashem. This is, this, there's no two ways about it. It's not just fulfilling Hashem's commandment. It's not just, it's not just taking, understanding Hashem's instructions for life. No. You know, it's not just being a Hashem Yid. You know, you know, Hashem knows how best to navigate this world. So I want to be on Hashem's game. That's the body interpretation. The soul interpretation is that you're actually, you're actually grasping, you're coming one with Hashem at, at, at the moment. That's how the, that's how the Zoyar describes Torah mitzvah itself. It's a radical shift. It's a radical difference. Okay? Now, it's not, a, it's not a coincidence, obviously, that this ties to exactly what we're discussing the whole time. The reason why the soul interpretation understands it this way, that it's not just something to do, something not to do, not just a commandment as a, as a detached factor, is because in the soul interpretation, the way Hasidus understands it is that everything is about connection, not connection. That's what everything's about. Torah is on the spectrum, on this parameter, on the, 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 on the revealment side, where it's overtly revealed. So it's, that, that is where you're connecting to the Hashem. That's where you connect with Hashem. It's all about connection, not connection. It's not like Hashem's giving you a commandment to do. It's, are you connecting with Hashem? Are you becoming one with Him? Or, are you not becoming one with Him? That is the metric. And that's how we understand Terra Mitzvah. Um, what's, what's interesting is, and I'll say this in uh, Kabbalistic terminology, just to get really deep into this. The way we access Torah and mitzvahs, the difference between them in Kabbalah terminology is Mimalik Kalaman and Sevev Kalaman. These two concepts which we brought up before, there are two concepts of how we, we brought this up in regards to when one meditates and contemplates godliness, there are different levels of how to meditate, different aspects of godliness, how to meditate. Right? There's the, for example, meditating on Hashem's creation. You see how great the creation is, then you'll understand how great the creator is. Another way to meditate is by negating the creation, by, by, by understanding that the creator is well, well beyond the creation. And then there's a meditation of that there's none, no existence whatsoever. Fine. But the point is, is that Hashem's engagement with the, with the world actually is with two different energies, with Kabbalah called Sevev and Mamala. Sevev means surrounding, Mamala means filling. Those are two relations that Hashem has with the world, which are connected with the two energies that Hashem, that the dynamic of two, revealment and concealment. Sevev is revealment, Mamala is concealment, largely. What is Mamala? Mamala. The best way to understand the in the world is by going back to your body, just like you understand that you have, you're endowed with a soul. Obviously, your soul is what animates your body. Right? This is an obvious truth because the body, when a person passes away, nothing changes, at least for a little while. Right? So everything's whole, everything's there. There must have been some battery animating the body. So the soul is animating the body. Now, obviously, the way the soul animates the fingers, and the toes, and the nose, and the ears are different. Are different. They're, 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 they, they, the manifestation of energy in order that you should do 
what you got to do and your body should function as it should function, obviously it has different different styles, different types, and manifests that way. Shlevev is like the Ratzon. Shlevev, the surrounding, now it doesn't mean surrounding like a circle that surrounds. It means encompassing. It's, it, it doesn't find any particular limb to live in. It's just your whole being. It's your whole being. So too, Hashem also has two types of energy in the world. Energy that gives particular creation its style, its flavor, its size, its purpose. Right? There's trillions of different creations. Trillions of a species. And Mimala, and, 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 and Mimala is, is, is the, each one has a different godly energy that's defining it. Slevev is the all-encompassing creation. The all-encompassing energy that creates. The common denominator in every single creation is, is that it's a creation. There's a creating force here. Huh? Environment? Not Yeah, I guess you could call it environment. Yeah. Now, the, it, now, both energies are used to create this world. Both energies are used to create this world. Okay? The truth is, we discussed, um, we discussed Chaymer and Surah. Remember, we discussed matter, substance, and, 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 uh, and form, purpose. So, the Chaymer, actually, is it from a higher source, comes from Seba. Surah comes from Amala, interestingly enough. Because substance... Is I know that physically we have four substances, but in terms of the creation, energy of creation, there is a general energy that creates. A general energy that creates. The fact that it should have particular purpose, a particular form, that's already splintering. That's already the energy of Mamala. Interestingly enough. But the point is, is that this Kabbalistic understanding of the energy in the world will also tell you what happens when you do Torah versus when you do mitzvah. When you're doing a mitzvah, you're accessing Hashem's energy. You're accessing Hashem. But through the vehicle of Mamala. And that's why mitzvahs are so particular. Mitzvahs have such incredible form. Mitzvahs have form, right? There's exact dimensions of how to build a sukkah. Exact dimensions of how tall the ruler has to be. There's exact the is exact um, um, instructions for literally every single mitzvah because the way to access this energy has to be through through a very very particular form, very particular form. Torah is not like that. Torah, when you engage in Torah, no matter which piece of Torah, no matter which piece, when you engage in Torah, you're accessing this general energy. This essential energy of Hashem and save it, no matter what. The way to access Torah is, is in a way much simpler, you could say. Much simpler because it's just a general, once you're learning Torah, from the entire gamut of Torah, you're accessing this. There are a lot less limitations in terms of how it has to look and how it has to be accessed. Right? So that is, that, 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 that's the idea. Now, just like in the body of Torah, just like in the body of Torah, we said that it's Melush and Hayra, which means it's an instruction. It's an instruction. Every single piece of Torah has to be an instruction. 
There's no piece of Torah that's not in the structure. Even the pieces of, of, of the Chumash, which are stories. Even the pieces of the Talmud, which are just analogies and just homilies. It's in a structure for life. There's something to learn for life because that is what Torah is all about. So too in the soul of Torah, right? If Torah is all about the connection, that, that, that deep connection, it's every piece of Torah. If that's what Torah is about, if it's Kadhu, it's every piece of Torah. Should not make any difference. Should not make any difference if it's a very sublime idea or a very crude idea. Makes absolutely no difference. Makes absolutely no, absolutely no difference. There's a, a cute story that I heard that there's um, a shliach that brought one of his members of his community to the Kinos HaShluchim, to the conference of Shluchim that happens once a year in Crowd Heights. Now, this person wanted to gain access to some of the sessions that are geared just for Shluchim. Usually, access to the public is only the grand banquet. And throughout the weekend, the shulchan have different sessions, different discussions, which are only accessed by the shulchan themselves. But this person gained some access. Maybe he was a big supporter, maybe he had some connections. He got it. He got the all, he got the all access. He comes, and he spent the day. The other day, the kinesis shul. So the rabbi, his rabbi, asked him, "So, what, what was your favorite part today?" He says, what I was most impressed about is that in the morning at 8 o'clock, there was a class in a very, very deep Hasidic mimer, a very, very deep Hasidic idea by Rabbi Al-Khan, who's the, the Rebbe's chief oral scribe and a tremendous teacher in Hasidus. So the shluchim came. Many of the shluchim from all over the world were his students when they learned 770. So Friday morning... Or Thursday morning of the conference, they had a class that he was giving, and the shluchim came. Many of these people are not able to hear a this year for, for, for a full year. You know, they're in crazy places. And it was deep, and everyone was involved in 45 minutes of the most sublime uh, discussion. Then he went through davening, and after davening, I saw the first session. first session was a halachic course, halachic session with a rav on what to do about people who come to shul who are identifying with the opposite gender when it comes to machitza, when it comes to this and bar mitzvah, bas mitzvah, and how does Allah approach all this? And he's like this is like from the most mundane physical um, um, aspects of, of, of society like, and, he, and, he, and he sees that in one kinesah shlochen you could have a session in chsidis and he gave a session in this and, it's an, and, it, and it all fits under the rubric of shlichos because shlichos are people who like so this is people who deal with the, with the craziest issues in their community. So Sheikh told him, no, he didn't understand. It's not that in one kinesis of shlichos, in one conference, you can have both sessions. It's that the same shlichos that were in the session in the morning came in the session later on in the late morning. Not that it's, the, it's all in the same conference. It's the same people. Same people. So I'm saying the story because it's all Tehran. To be honest, this halachic session, no matter if it's on the most crude subject, right? And a, 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 a rabbi who has to deal with very, very negative aspects of life. And this, see this? It's all the same Torah. It's all the same Torah. It's all, you're going to say, the blessing of Birchas Torah, you're going to say the blessing 
uh, before you learn Torah, you say the blessing as we say every morning for the Torah of the day. Right? <laughs> that, the reason is, is because of what is Torah all about? It's about connection. It's about connection in the most highest levels possible. And it makes no difference if you're going to grab onto this part, you're going to grab onto this part, grab onto this part. All grabbing onto the essence. As we say, etzem kishat tapis the mitzvah at the tapis pekulim. This is a a phrase brought up says many times. When you're dealing with essence, if you're grasping onto a little bit of it, you're grasping onto everything. If you're dealing with layers, so you're grasping onto twenty percent, thirty percent. You can already calculate percentages. When we're dealing with essence, which is infinity, there's no defined essence. Is just like the the infinite quality of being of anything. If you happen to grab onto it, however way, you're grabbing onto everything. There's no such thing as a part. There's no such thing as a part of it, a part of essence. And that's the way it works with Hashem as well. There's no such thing as a part of essence. When it comes to mitzvahs, it's Hashem manifesting in parts. When it comes to Torah, it's essence. There's no such thing as a part of us. If you're, if, you're, if you're learning one piece of Torah, you're, you're grabbing onto the whole Hashem. That's the way it is. That's the way it works. Now, it's interesting that the author Rebbe says in this chapter that. We learn Torah all the time. We don't feel we don't feel that way. We don't take it that way. So, firstly, the reason is because we don't look at it that way, or we don't bring ourselves to look at it that way, which we should. And that's the soul. That's the soul approach to Torah. Without there is something so interesting, and this this rule applies to many different things. Even if he doesn't see so. Is mazel cheese. This is actually a quote from the Gemara, I believe of Megillah. That every single creation has a mazel up on high. What's a mazel? We say mazel tov. You know, we should have a good mazel. Mazel translated as luck. Really, in in, in Lashon Kodesh and Torah, mazel means your spiritual energy up on high. An, an angel. Every blade of grass has a angel up on high that's giving it spiritual sustenance. The same is true with human beings. Same is true with neshamas. Not that it's an angel like a piece of grass. It works a little differently. But every neshama that comes down, the truth is, Kabbalah teaches that your full neshama doesn't come down into your body. A piece of your neshama manifests and a piece stays on above, like a connection. Now the piece manifesting in your body is in cap is captured by the Nebuchadnezzar Muhammad and within, within the body. The way we actually learn, we're going to learn this later in Tanya, is that that Nevishali kiss, your soul goes into your Nevish Bahamas, and Nevish Bahamas in your in your body. So it's like really deep entrenched. And although it gives you your your free choice and it gives you your drive and it and it's there and it's wanting to do mitzvahs, so the very fact that you do a mitzvah or you do good or you choose positive is coming from your Shama, but largely you go through life without feeling the, the purpose of what you're doing, without understanding the inner work. But you're in a piece of your Nishama up there, sees everything, sees what it's worth. When you're learning the piece of Torah, connected to Hashem, it sees it. Now, usually, there's no there's no overt communication between the two neshamas, but sometimes, sometimes you do have what we say is just a facial. You do get an awakening, a random awakening. Sometimes you have like just a a hear her chula, as it's called. You have a thought to do chula. You have a thought to do good. You have a, you have a thought. What does this feeling feel like when you're learning Torah one day and you feel like you're home? You feel like you feel like good feeling. You feel like you're at home. 
most of the time you don't feel that, but sometimes you you do. That's an, that's that's the communication between the bottom part of the neshama and top of the neshama. The communication is clear. You actually can feel that. You feel like you feel that 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 that, that embrace. So says so the Rabbi, Even if you don't see it, your mazel sees it. Your neshama of the height sees it for its true purpose. And even though if you don't feel it down here, you don't have that physical feeling. Well, it's physical. Um, understanding that this is a you're actually grabbing out the Hashem. You're, you're you all you're doing is reading a book. You know, nonetheless, nonetheless, it is true, and your neshama does feel it, and sometimes it peeks through. Sometimes it can peek through. So this concludes chapter twenty-three. Chapter twenty-four. We're going to talk about the other side of the spectrum, the disconnection. What's the soul of an Avera? What, what, what really happens by an Avera? But the idea is you have to approach, you have to understand whether it's the lower level like a mitzvah, the higher level like Avera. It's all about connection. It's all, are you connecting or not connecting? That is what it's all about. So to take this to, to, to Tanya life, to life, in terms of the relationship with Hashem, um, what I learned out from this parak is actually what the Altar Rebbe teaches at the end of the parak. At the end of this chapter, Dr. Rebbe just mentions that you should understand the tremendous trepidation and awe you would have if you understood what's going on when you learn Torah. When you approach Torah, you learn Torah. The people who really understand this, people who delve into Hasidus and they view Torah this way, a tremendous era falls upon you. A tremendous hero falls upon you. A tremendous awe, a tremendous trepidation could fall upon you. And he references back to Perkyavis, references back to the ethics of her father, which says, What does the mission say over there? That if you don't have fear of Hashem, you don't have fear of heaven, you won't have wisdom. If you don't have wisdom, you don't have fear of heaven. What comes first? What comes first? If fear of heaven brings to wisdom, well, wisdom brings fear of heaven, so what comes first? So says the Alter Rebbe, talking about two different types of hero. A nominal, basic, baseline level of, of um, appreciation, of acknowledgement of Hashem, of acknowledgement of Hashem's Torah is needed in order to gain wisdom. If you're going to approach the wisdom without any fear of heaven, you're going to approach the Torah like an intellectual pursuit. You're not going to get to the, you're not going to plumb the depths the depths of what's really saying. You're gonna uh, you're gonna treat it like a like a like like a great biology class. It's another subject. Ain't gonna work that way. You have to have a fear of heaven. You have to hear Shemayim before you approach Torah. But if you learn Torah and you plumb to the depth and you get to what's really, really what's really happening, not just what you're understanding, but what's really happening, then you can, and then then you'll access the higher form of your tremendous awe, tremendous trepidation of Hashem. Which is like an awe that comes with 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 overwhelmingness, you know. It's an overwhelming awe. It's um, two types of two forms of year, which we will discuss in chapter forty-two, chapter forty-one and forty-two. So the point is, is that in in terms of connection with Hashem, at least a little bit we can access this. You approach Torah and you realize that it's not just intellectual pursuit, Pastor Shalom, you know. When is the last time people went to mikvah before a biology class? Right? 
when's the last time people, um, when they're finished with their atlas, they give it a kush, right? What? That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Why? Because Torah is a connection with Hashem. It's not an intellectual pursuit, and that's the way we have to approach it. In terms of the relationship with others, what I learned out from here is the difference between Torah and mitzvahs is that mitzvahs are the access points. Mitzvahs are the access points of someone's neshama. That's how you are going to bring a person closer. Right? Like the story we said in the beginning, if he actually does the mitzvah, he'll be connected. His neshama will be, will, be, uh, will be inspired. But there's nothing more transformative than Torah. When you learn Torah with someone, when you teach someone Torah, the transformation is infinitely greater than doing a mitzvah with them. Doing a mitzvah with them can transform their life. But learning Torah with someone, it's on a whole nother level. A whole nother level. It's, 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 it's incomparable. It's incomparable. And that's in, that, and, and definitely, you know, when you're trying to carve someone, trying to bring them closer. Baseline, basic, you got to do mitzvahs with them. That's going to be more than Roshama. You got to do mitzvahs. We have to find a way to learn Torah with them. Find a way to connect them to our classes. Because that's the real, in reverse, irreversible transformation. Transformation could happen. Um, and in terms of relationship with ourselves, so um, I think that um, it's similar to the relationship with Hashem. It's your approach to when it comes to doing Torah and And a lot of things are not just about, um, you know, what it's going to accomplish. A lot of things also about how you should position yourself. How you should position yourself. Right? If you realize that you're a person who doesn't only have an instruction manual in your hand. Whoa! We're part of the Jewish people. We're the chosen people. Hashem gave us an instruction manual. You're selling yourself short. Right? You have access to Hashem himself. You have access to, to a, the, the godly energy, the pockets of godly energy that are placing this world. You have actual access. You have a weak... You could connect with Hashem. You could connect with Hashem. You have to realize that the reason why that is, because it sources back also to the body and soul of what happened by Matan Torah. If everything in Torah has a body and soul, and if Torah itself, the definition of Torah itself has a body and soul, then the giving of the Torah also has a body and soul. What's the body and soul of the giving of the Torah? We learn this by Shuas. The giving of the body of, of, the, of the giving of the Torah is that Hashem gave mitzvahs. Right? The soul is that Hashem gave empowerment. Hashem gave us neshamas. You understand? It's, more, it's about us. It's that we have the empowerment to connect with Hashem. Before Matan Torah, there were still mitzvahs. Avram did mitzvahs. Yitzhak did mitzvahs. Yaakov did mitzvahs. But 